announcement. The hemp revolution will not be televised. I repeat, the hemp revolution will not be televised. Welcome to the Hemp Revolution podcast, the global hotspot for the buzz and the cannabis. You can hear the stories of the green rush from the dreamers who are writing the rules, innovating the business, and changing history forever. Immerse yourself with the fascinating stories from the leaders in the hemp health revolution to learn how we are changing the game forever. Introducing your hosts, James Brinkerhoff and Sonia Gomez. Sonia Gomez coming to you from Denver, Colorado. This is another episode of the Hemp Revolution podcast where we are sharing and telling the stories of the entrepreneurs, both mama and papa papapreneurs, sometimes couplepreneurs and canapreneurs from all walks of life. We are sharing the stories of the people who are behind the products and brands that we love. As you know, it is our mission to share the truth about cannabis and hemp CBD so that you guys can make empowered, educated decisions about how you want to treat or manage your your own health, the health and symptoms or diagnoses of your family members, your friends, your community, the people that you love, conditions they may be suffering from. We are on the brink of the largest and most significant disruption to some of the biggest industries in the world, including big pharma and the health industry. And we are super passionate on making sure that you understand what the natural alternatives are, and more importantly, how you can use them to change the way that you feel and function every single day. If you need some recommendations or some direction on which products are going to be best for you, check us out at medicalsecrets.com. And if you are a budding entrepreneur or existing business owner, and you are hitting the inevitable glass ceilings in this industry or bottlenecks that are just totally stopping your growth, check us out at theemeraldcircle.com where we are providing tips, tricks, tools, relationships, and resources to help you get past the inevitable challenges and start to celebrate your wins in this incredible industry. In today's episode, you guys be excited because it's going down. We have an incredible couple who is sharing their story with us and their journey of how they became a couple living in Chicago, my hometown, and where many restaurants in our family have been built and eaten in. Um, They were working in a restaurant together there through their work together, which we'll hear their story here in a moment, they built a beautiful life partnership. And after many of the, let's say, life's challenges, including back pain from a car accident, finding, you know, finding out about an eye disease and a table saw accident to the hand, Seriously, they're not kidding, and we'll hear more about that here in a minute. Frustrated, frustrated with the ineffective and expensive and damaging traditional paths of modern medicine, uh, these struggles inspired the search for a natural and healthier alternative to the traditional medical system. Like so many of you guys out there, these trials and tribulations brought them to be a founder of Terra Gold Plus and their vision that they strongly believe that there's always a solution out there that some of, and some of the best forms of medicine actually come from mother nature. Terra Gold Plus their mission is dedicated to bringing the best CBD products that are available into the marketplace so that we can love our lives and live happier, healthier lives together with our families and communities. Help me welcome our guests for today, this lovely couple, Miss Shelly and Russell Stone. How's it going, guys? Hey, thanks for having us. So super excited to have you guys. First of all, you're in and around where my mom is originally from, Chi-Town, or just north of there, right? Yeah. Amazing. How's the weather over there right now? It's freezing balls like it is here in Denver? It's not. We're having a nice fall, an extended fall, actually. It's snow on Halloween, so I don't know how great it is, but it's (laughs) sunny. It's it's an early winter over here in Denver, for sure. I... 
I loved the bio that you guys shared with us and got to read up a little bit and fully relate because I'm also a partnerpreneur in the sense that I work with my husband, have for years. He's my best friend of 20 something years. We've been married, I don't know, eight, something like that. And I would love to hear straight from the horse's mouth a little bit about who you guys are, what your background is and how you ended up in this crazy CBD race. That's a big one. So it started, um, so Russell and I met in 2001. We actually met right at 9-11, believe it or not. We, Russell was a professional chef and I was front of the house in a restaurant. At the time I was a voiceover actress and Russell was, you know, the food master in, we were doing some sort of fine dining and, you know, we came together. It was an interesting time, right? Everybody was feeling very connected to each other and we were so lucky to meet. I feel like we were so lucky to meet. The serendipitous nature of even getting us into the same room is amazing, that story. But, you know, we started to date and met. And once we met, we started to date and got married, you know, two years later. But here's the thing. Like, the restaurant industry is not the greatest place to raise a family. We knew that was coming. And we both went, well, who wants to work noon to midnight, seven days a week? It's a tough life. So we kind of were really trying to figure out, you know, kind of what's life going to look like for us. And we started pursuing other things. So as kids came and, you know, obviously I took on the lion's share of having kids and Russell was doing other things. So Russ, why don't you talk about kind of like what you were doing during that time? Yeah. So I went to, I had a business degree from in college, but I knew that that I wasn't ready to just go back and work in the family business or do something that was expected of me. So right out of college, I went out to Colorado. I lived in Steamboat Springs for a few years and really explored living the ski bum life. That was a lot of fun, (laughs) but I knew that it was sort of, you know, living on vacation and it needed to do something else. I was skiing during the day and was a prep cook at night, just getting, you know, just doing what you were doing as a ski bum. Yeah. But I really fell in love with cooking and it was an outlet for me, a creative outlet for me that I, I had, but wasn't able to really put out there. So really something I fell in love with. It took me to move back home. I went to culinary school and worked in a few restaurants and finally was working in the restaurant where I was fortunate enough to meet Shelly. And it was a crazy time. It was a great creative outlet that I I miss. Fortunately, I still cook at home and I still cook for the family. Lucky me. Yeah, five, six days a week. Take a break here and there. (laughs) And I still love it. We still think about food and we watch food shows. So food is such a big part of our life. And, you know, just sort of serving people was always ingrained in us. So it was a lot of fun and creative, uh, you know, spark for us. Let me but ask you I, a quick question, Russell. Yeah. You mentioned a business degree and then you mentioned family business. Do you right. come from a background of entrepreneurs? My father really was a, you know, a mentor and he still is. He, you know, really was a rags to riches type story. He's awesome. He's Let me hear it. Really well for himself, but they grew up with nothing. And he, just a brilliant man, just, you know, paid his way through college and law school and had family and just kept building businesses. And that was sort of all different types of businesses or one in particular. So he was a CPA by trade and he was, he came up with a a business term called syndication. So this was, he really was a pioneer in the eighties with real estate in putting deals together yeah, and financing it through investors and really creating value for those, for his investors. And so I remember at an early age, I think I was second grade. It was you bring your dad to school. And I think I told everyone he was an accountant and I, he said, I'm not an accountant. I said, I thought you're an accountant. He's like, well, I am, but I'm an entrepreneur. And so that word really resonated with me. At a, at a young age, I'm like, okay, what's an entrepreneur? And you know, I think he explained it and okay, that sounds great, but I don't know what I really knew in, at eight years old. 
Yeah. But it stayed with me that I knew he was an entrepreneur. So he had this family. He created a family business in a sense because he was always looking at investments. Yeah. Um, so when we were in the kitchen and I was looking to say, all right, well, it's time to start raising a family. I was fortunate to now come and help take a piece of that family business because they were divesting themselves of some larger assets. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, let's sort of look at more of a diversified portfolio. So I had exposure. I brought exposure to venture capital, really innovative businesses, consumer packaged goods, real estate, and a zero emissions waste to energy company that really sparked our desire to do sustainable investing and to do investments with companies that had sort of a higher good and to serve the global community and to people. Fast forward even a little bit further. You know, it was a better uh, moral alignment. We wanted to be morally aligned with the earth. We wanted to be morally aligned with doing good versus, you know, not doing good. So (laughs) that was really something that took hold in our lives. That business was a big part of what, so we kind of took a right turn when we got involved with that business, certainly when Russell was involved in it. We really, really resonated. And this was like, this was a while ago. I mean, this was probably, I don't know, 14 (sighs) years ago. And, you know, so people weren't talking about being green and weren't talking about saving the earth 14 years ago. That conversation wasn't happening as much. So it was definitely, I was the one talking about like all this different like waste recycling and, you know, just recycling in general and how to live sort of greener. And people were like, huh? You know, at that time. It wasn't yet like a fad. It wasn't a trend. And it wasn't in the collective lexicon. That's for sure. So we were kind of early on in that, and that sort of changed our lives. You know, changed it changed our direction, I should say. Yeah, awesome. Love yeah. that. Okay. I love that. And, and I love hearing, because my husband's very much in the similar sense where like his grandfather invented bo- twisted bob wire, Ooh, you know, uh-huh. and his family is, um, you know, pretty significant players in the mineral and gas industry. His stepfather has taken two companies public in the healthcare system. So entrepreneurialism and the rags to riches and, you know, how you build and maintain legacy wealth, right? Or the idea that you are supposed to do what you are expected to do as a member of the family and the the resistance that one might feel, um, especially 90s 2000s you know that's that was definitely a time to like gain independence whereas you know 60s 70s 80s people were still like okay i'm gonna go to taft and then i'm gonna go to you know princeton and then you know it was like still very much laid out for you and what you were gonna do but this idea this like flavor of freedom that people were going to pursue just like yourself you know my husband left his beautiful, affluent, you know, well-respected, recognized alumni family and ditched out to the Humboldt Hills and stayed there for 20 years, you know? So, and that's where I met them, where I met him was out in California where I was born and raised. And my upbringing is the complete opposite. I'm like, you know, the the minority from the other side of the tracks whose parents were hippies and raised me like with native American Indians. And it was, you know, I have an incredible story and upbringing, but certainly not the American dream, you know, that my husband was raised in. So I ask because it's, you know, it's interesting how no matter how bad we fight against what we come from we always end up back there in some capacity but our own version of it that is more in alignment with like who we are morally and so on and so forth so how did investing and you know portfolio diversification and sustainable living and all of that stuff translate into a cbd business well again as we you know after the waste energy company one of our sister companies was approached to help them with an electronic cigarette 
business. And oh, vape. Uh, yeah, well, and at that point, it was late 2009, 2010. Yeah. And then a whole electronic cigarette industry was beginning. So I looked at it and they said, you know, is this something we want to do? And at the time it was really with the intention to help people stop smoking. Yeah. And that's how what we stepped into thinking, okay, can we help people while creating this business? So we quickly grew. We were distributed into Walgreens, into Walmart. We were Across every C store in the country, and awesome. it was a fast three years. It was really awesome. a blur. So it exposed us to that industry. But as we saw some of the trends tra- change, and like adolescent use was on the rise, and it, it sort of the the intentions that we started for wasn't there anymore, and it wasn't aligned, like Shelley said. It, yeah. Now there was like vape competitions, <laughs> like who can blow the biggest clouds and well, took, very it, pop culture grabbed it by the... And, we were, and we we're still a mom and pop, you know, small company, we, which we, against big tobacco was coming in. And so a lot of synergies to the CBD industry. So fortunately, we were able to sell the company in 2014. Oh, great. At the same time as recreational laws were changing in Colorado. So I was approached to help a medical marijuana company bring products to market because that's really what I was enjoying at the time is, is helping these companies and seeing how we can bring different market group products to market. So yeah, we were looking for excuse to leave Chicago and Colorado called. I think we, we thought we were going to go to the beach, but the mountains called first. Yeah. <laughs> And during that time, it was interesting. During that time, I went and got a holistic nutrition degree. Nice. And I have spent the last, you know, adult, all of my adult life really being a professional psychic, an energy healer. So in the sort of metaphysical arts and also a guide, and I would say mentor to those coming up in that area, how to build a solopreneur business around you know, the metaphysical arts, so coaching women mostly yeah. in that area. So that all of that and our obsession with food, like the line, the, you know, our food obsession continues, right? Because I'm working on this holistic nutrition thing as our kids are, you know, kind of growing up and getting older, the whole energy work thing. And then Russell with, you know, the background in cooking, once he was working and consulting in the marijuana field, company he was working for kind of it ended up some things happened some people beyond us sort of made the company sort of implode if you will it's a good word yeah (laughs) do i know was this company listed in the news they really never got off the ground enough to i see i see i see but yeah i'm without naming names yeah i'm sure that there was riffs and garbage that laid out because of it unfortunately like so many other companies the unmentionables we like to right. say <laughs> yeah and, you know there are and hey whatever but we sat around and we went so what's our next move what do we want to do and is it time to like fully do what something that's a hundred you know russell had been consulting and working in the family business i was sort of always in the background guiding and and giving advice and just being there for him and and also being home with the kids, kind of that backup support. But we would talk strategy every night. Is it finally time for us to like fully just do something together? And that was how Terrible Plus was born. Honestly, I went through the windshield of a car when I was 17 in a terrible car accident. Oh I have never had surgery, probably should have had like six. I shouldn't say I've never had surgery. I've had surgery twice on my jaw, but never on my back. I have back pain every day serious like spinal cord damage from that wow Wow. and at the time you know my kids were kind of littler ish getting bigger and I was starting to do the mommy drive right the mommy taxi cab of like they have to go to school they have to go to after school activities and it was hard to be take THC because I was always needing to be behind the wheel we needed to couple that on top of Russell was diagnosed with an eye disease and wow. he is going blind. So diagnosed with an eye disease whilst we are challenged with this incredible back pain from 
being ejected out of a vehicle. That sounds <laughs> awful. And what was the what was the eye disease? So I and my brother both suffer from a degenerative eye disease called retinitis pigmentosa. So we are slowly losing our vision. I'd like to say slowly, but it seems to be going a lot faster than I. Oh my gosh! I have to introduce you to somebody who can help. Like yeah, we're very people. involved in different charity organizations, and so. But I appreciate any help that you can support. And it was—it's still a very hard thing. So we were looking to say, all right, well, what's a business that we can do where I don't have to be dependent on getting out? We're living in Colorado, so we had the all the resources at our disposal for this CBD business. I was already bringing products to market. So I had some great manufacturers. The technology just continued to get better. And we knew that our story wasn't really different. Maybe, you know, eye disease versus something else. Everybody has something that they're Uh, suffering from. And we wanted to do what we could to help them. And, And, you know, a lot of the, Opioids and other pharmaceuticals weren't necessarily going to help, and they weren't helping the back pain. They weren't helping our partner when he took a table saw through his hand. Yeah. He does construction work part-time and loves building, and he literally ran his hand through a table saw. And again, it's back to that pain. Yeah, I make the same face so many times. Every time I see him. But, you know, slicing through tendons. I mean, he sliced right through his hand. And so, again, it's back to that pain thing. The minute the hemp revolution started, and I don't want to say started because we all know the hemp revolution has been happening for thousands of years. I mean, it's just. Right. But, But... when this when this current sort of hemp revolution started and i saw the cbd the minute cbd came out i was like that is my answer i was able to be so much more effective when you release pain from your body you can think clearly you're so much more productive in life and i saw my productivity and my pain my pain reduced my productivity increased and i was like this is a miracle i had to scream from the rooftops Yes. Awesome. And so that was sort of, you know, in this, like, what are we going to do? Oh, someone chopped their hand off. I can't see and my back hurts. Let's (laughs) dive into CBD. Sounds logical to me. I'm in. (laughs) I would be right on that bandwagon. Like, good grief. What? No explanation necessary. Those are. Yeah. It was the intersection of so many things at one time. It just made sense to us. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So Terra Gold is a Terra Gold Plus born. Tell me about your guys' product suite. What kind of products did you guys develop? So we have a full range of products. I think our biggest differentiation is uh, we have a transdermal patch. And this is really for people with back pain. It's been a lifesaver for us. You know, we travel, we, we try to get on the road most of the summer. And I could say that each day of the summer, I'm probably putting a patch on because you're constantly in movement. It's not just for athletes, but it would be great for just anyone who's trying to bring inflammation down that wants to keep moving. So that's one of our main products. But at the same time, we stand behind our tinctures. We have extra strength teacher and tincture, cinnamon, as well as soft gels and a body balm that is a roll-on you know, applied like a deodorant style and you can get really to targeted pain points. It's all natural, full spectrum. And we, it's been a great run. Shelly and I both work on developing products and we're always looking to develop more. So fun. I love that. Okay. I'm going to dive into some stuff here because for the budding entrepreneurs and even the business existing business owners, and even for you guys out there who are purchasing CBD products, it's important for you to know that we are over here bleeding on your behalf. No, I'm just kidding. But there's a lot of, (laughs) there's a lot of trials and tribulations that come along with starting, growing, building, you know, scaling a company that is in the cannabis and hemp space. What were some of the challenges that you guys faced that you weren't necessarily expecting? I'm going to start with that one because I think the biggest challenge that we currently face and 
beginning to today is, you know, this whole like being frozen out of sort of the traditional advertising. Yes. Marketing and advertising. It's bananas to me. Someone with a lot of marketing background, I'm like this, why can't we just treat this like everything else that's out there? So for us, that is a huge frustration. It's a bit of, I feel like I bang my head on a brick wall like every day, pretty much. (laughs) But, but that forces creativity. It forces to think out of the box. It forces you to sort of reevaluate how you communicate and ways to communicate and kind of go in old school on some things. And so there's, there's still lots of ways to market and advertise and there are lots of restrictions. So, you know, I feel like snake that's that squirms between the rules, the regulations, the unspoken spoken. So we are always, you know, trying to innovate on how to get the word out, how to just, just be a regular company. Honestly, I just try to advertise and market as a regular company. So (laughs) it it takes a little bobbin and weaving. Yeah, totally. Marketing and advertising is something I hear so often, and especially on social media platforms or any of the major, you know, search engines. It's really, really tough. I'll speak more to that here in a minute. Well, how about for you? There's probably so many with this industry that is big, you know, again, you come from a core business background that you think, oh, we'll just plug and play. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you'll get it with these distributors and you'll do that. And it just wasn't that simple. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, again, with the electronic cigarette industry, there were so many synergies to this in terms of what you were allowed. I remember having our merchant processor shut us down one night. And thinking, okay, well, I've navigated that before. This should be easy not to know how crazy the merchant processing industry was going to be for CBD. And it's a constant, you know, you, you know, going to sleep at night going, all right, do I, is this stable? Am I going to be able to continue to process orders? So we've, you know, we've gone through a few merchant processors. One of the big things is also navigating the players in this industry and I don't want to yeah. belittle anyone or, or talk negatively, but it was really hard to navigate the real people in this industry. Um, there's a lot of bullshit and there continues to be a lot of bullshit. It's not as bad as it was originally where everybody had a, was selling and maybe didn't have anything to sell. But <laughs> navigating the supply chain and navigating the manufacturers, it, it's taken us a lot of years to have like a core manufacturing facility that's GMP certified and, you know, all the ISO certification that you need. Because, again, it was just, you know, I, I always felt dirty after talking to some of these people because it just, nobody ever did what they said. And so... A lot of getting high on the own supply. That's why (laughs) very much so. And it was just, you know, navigating that was really tricky on the front end and now getting past that. Okay. What's the next hurdle? And as Shelly talked about advertising and marketing and trying to gain traffic the right way. Cause we, you know, spamless is not what we want to do. We're really trying to speak to our collective tribe of people that can resonate with us and our brand. Mm-hmm. And so we're trying to do it the, I won't say the ethical way, but, but, but definitely the way that you know, we can resonate with our people. Well, what it sounds like is that you're willing to take the time and put forth the effort that it takes to build organically rather than the pay to play model, which is still not a bad model. And when, when you look at you know how companies approach sure. growth, they're doing it, you know, through strategic partnerships and alliances who are solving, you know, specific problems and can accelerate growth. That pres- that comes with its own set of challenges. There's also the pay-to-play model where you can buy someone's list and you can buy someone's following and you're putting out a ton of money without any unforeseen, you know, like when are you going to get the ROI? You know, for for the output of investment. And then you can grow organically, which by the way, is the slow boat to China, but it's also the most sustainable way to do it if you're playing a long game, 
right? It's if you build that tribe, if you build that following and you truly get to craft and develop and manipulate your message to market match and really leveraging your following as a focus group to bring more value to how you're evolving your company, like that's a perfect synergistic, you know, marriage in your business. That's how we've done it. I mean, what I took three years to build, I'm only now monetizing in, in the third year. And it was like all investment of time, of money, of relationships, resources, all put towards, you know, building the following. But three years later, I'm able to generate, you know, multiple six figures and in multiple revenue streams from one tribe or one company. So it's, it's a pretty interesting thing. We've definitely, you know, considered like, what would it have been like if we threw some gas on the charcoals a couple of years earlier, you know, because you you really have to take a look at that. Like how much time can you afford to build organically? And at what point do you need to throw kerosene onto the coal to turn it into a flame just so you can burn your way through that next leg of forest there? So definitely some interesting considerations. Knowing what you know now in in getting through and getting over, you know, these hurdles, which by the way, they always tend to show up again in this industry. You notice that you're like, oh, finally, we got a bank and a merchant processor who will process for us. And then like three weeks later, they're like, oh, so sorry about that. Our fees are actually (laughs) twice as much as we promised. And we will stop. I just like relive over and over, over and over and over again. I'm like, I'm going to need some CBD coffee. (laughs) Where's the CBD wine? Yeah, it's a really, definitely a tough one. So I have to ask, and in our segment, we do something called the words of wisdom. And I'd love to hear directly from you guys. What are some key pieces of advice that you could offer knowing what you know now about the industry and running? The, how long have you guys been in business? It'll be two years. The doors have been open two years on January 1st. So uh-huh. just shy of that two-year mark of doors open. We worked on it for about three years prior Wow. So we're five years invested. Yay. Okay. And are you guys a brick and mortar store or primarily doing online? We have an online home. Okay. Amazing. So knowing what you know now about building a CBD e-commerce company and community, what would you or could you say or offer to budding entrepreneurs or people who are already in business and are looking for some tips and tricks on how to navigate their way through their own trials and tribulations? One of the things that I would say, and I can't wait to hear what Russell has to say, but one of the things that I would say is don't forget that there is a huge, not only is there a financial investment that takes place, but a time investment And I highly recommend people still carry a bridge job that don't ask this to pay you right away because generally it won't and you can fall on your face unless you have a pile of money to live off of whatever, you know, unless there's some, but I think a bridge job takes the pressure off of this build because it is such a build. It's such a mountain climb to get to even to a sustainable place that owning the fact that you have a bridge job and this is a side hustle for a while and however long a while is, I think is different for everybody and yeah, you skin a cat. But I think that there's no shame in like either the, the day job, the nine to five or some, you know, whether you're tending bar or working at the local coffee shop or whatever it is, you know, to be able to like be real and about the money because the money, it takes time. It does take time because there is a financial outlay and an energy time outlay. So, so just owning that, I think that I wish I would have known that. I mean, we were lucky to have a portfolio of investments. So we had other things, but I've seen other people really fall hard and because they sort of expected a fat paycheck within three months, (laughs) three months, I wish, right? That's sort of how it worked. Right. And you even said three years, it took you three years to monetize. So I think there's some people forget that. Just forget that there is a build involved. And so that's my advice is to just like own that it's, this is a side hustle first and then it becomes, you can eventually flip it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Russ, I'd love to hear yours. 
Yeah, you know, I really want to put some thought into this is what would we have done differently? Because at that point, I'd say, well, it's not too late to do some of the things that we probably thought of originally. But I think one thing that I think bogs people down in young entrepreneurs is they're trying to find every answer right off the bat. And there's a paralysis by analysis. Sometimes getting to 80% of the idea or 80% of the information can be good enough. And just to get out, you know, just started, put yourself out there and start understanding behaviors and understanding how people are going to respond to whatever you're trying to sell, whatever that product is, whether it's a tangible product or a service, sometimes just testing it and people get nervous, scared to put themselves out there. So it's, there's a lot of leap of faith. But having almost enough information sometimes is enough. And we certainly, and I will say we, me, gets bogged down by that quite often where I'm waiting for every bit of information if I compared it to everything and a month has gone by where we would have started this a while ago. We would have been 30 days already looking back to say, what did this make sense or what could we have done differently? Man, guys, those are good ones. Those are really good ones. I'm like, yes, I'm so into it. Praise because I think you approached it in a really, really great way and saying like, looking back, what would we have done differently? And then I also love, you know, Shelly, what you said, I think it's just so important to look at things exactly where you are and building a plan to move forward from that place. So I'm going to, if you have, do you have any addition that you want to put on that before I throw my two cents on the back of that? Oh, no, tell us. I want to hear. All right. So I'm going to literally just piggyback off of what you just said. And in these segments of words to wisdom for those of you guys who are listening, it's super important. Just jot down some notes. You never know what key piece of advice is going to come from me or the other entrepreneur, fellow entrepreneurs that you are listening to in our show today. And it, you know, one of the most powerful things that I have ever invested my time and money into is mentorship. And so I always wanted this segment of the show to act as a virtual mentorship to just give you some insight and direction on people who have like, you know, bleeding it out, fighting it out, doing all, maybe we're a little bit further ahead, or maybe we're a little bit behind wherever you are right now in your journey. And I want these words to of wisdom to be a part of weaving and shaping your fabric right now. So I am going to second what Shelly said and say that strategic planning is so important and really, really taking the time that it takes, in fact, to plan what it is that you are wanting to do, be, or have, okay? Or vice versa, how whatever you want to be, do, and have, whatever order you want to put it in, it's so important to properly and honestly gauge what resources, what relationships, what assets do you have to work with? Because this is such an incredibly forward intensive investment that you have to make. There are two different types of investment, return, investment of time and investment of money. And investment of money can be fleeting. You never know what the regulations are going to be. You never know what the regulations are going to be. You're never done investing. There's always one more revision or one more change or one more license that you have to invest in. Same thing with hemp. You never know when you will have to put more resources forth in order to get to that next leg. It's extremely competitive. So much has just changed in the last couple of days on, you know, combined THC versus Delta 9, you know, or the THC. I mean, all of these different things play a role in what you are able to do as a business owner. So really understanding what you have to invest, both time and money. Know what your breaking point is too. No reason to push yourself past the point of breaking where you're like tail between your legs, chin to your chest, 
you know, head down, like make your decisions with pride, be an adult about it and be responsible. You know, if you need to take on outside capital, create the conditions of success and develop the relationships and opportunities that are going to get other people invested in your vision, but really give yourself a, a clear and honest picture of what it is you have to work with and then figure out how to put those things in the right order. And I love Shelly that you said, you know, have a bridge job, have something that allows you to cultivate the revenue that will either cover your bottom line or act as a bonus investment for the pro your passion project that you are trying to get off the ground. The second thing that I absolutely love that you said, Russell, was 80% on planning, 20% on execution. You don't know what you don't know and you don't know what you don't know until you try, okay? <laughs> but trying to be an analysis, getting into yourself into analysis paralysis, watching what everybody else is doing and then trying to do that too. Don't be a me too product. You have a real opportunity to create something that is individual and independent of what anyone else is doing. The good news is since like, I don't know, 1900, there's hardly any new ideas, okay? Everything is just being innovated. So you got to figure out what thing you're most passionate about and innovate that thing. The final thing that I will share is more money, more problems. Money is, money is not going to solve your problems. Perseverance, commitment, and dedication is going to solve your problems. You don't know what you're getting into until you're already into it. And you can't look back wishing and hoping that you would have done it differently. You can only look forward and learn how to put the stepping stones from the past ahead of you in order to make further ground moving forward. So, so important for you guys not to not to overthink, but to keep things in motion. The minute that you allow yourself to freeze because you're afraid or freeze because you don't know what to do, seek outside mentorship. Listen to these podcasts, listen to the words of wisdom, find folks that you can align yourself with and ask the question, what can I bring? Not what can I take? When you get yourself into those types of situations, no matter if you have two CBD prams in the same place or whatever, it come with a collaborative mindset, bring value and value will come to you to move you past those points of discomfort and what you feel like could and might be the end. The, the, the good news is, is that there's always more to do and you just have to be really realistic about the resources and relationships you have to get to that next phase. So those are my words of wisdom to pair onto what you guys already said. I thought, I thought, what you guys said was fantastic. And it's actually the first time that I've heard an entrepreneur in this space say like, get yourself a job or don't, you know, don't stop when you feel like, you know, don't get into analysis paralysis. It's the first time I've heard somebody else say it. I'm feel like I'm always preaching on it, but. And know. I will tell you, I've said to I coaching other people, I've said, you know, until your business that you're building can pay you double what you make in that day job, bridge job, whatever it is to cover yourself. Yeah. You know, double every single month because the reality is, is there's a roller coaster of sales and, and income and there's a roller coaster of, you can't predict, let's say when news breaks or things that affect the industry as things sort of roll right? You've got to be able to roll with it. So yeah. just because you had a good month does not mean you're going to have all the good months ahead. So really don't think it's one. I try to say it's like a whole year, a full year of like, have you made double in that business you're building, whatever it is, be it cannabis business or CBD or any business even, mm -hmm. are you making double every single month for 12 full months? Then you yeah, you probably have some security involved. You might have some security of growth within and you can release that bridge job, day job, whatever. So, so it's really, I, I don't know. I just think that it's a roller coaster. It's a roller coaster, ride the waves and have this, have the security so that there isn't a panic. God, it's so smart. It's so, so smart. I, I think there's a misconception with entrepreneurs that they believe if they're not just working in their business, I was confronted with this. And even still, sometimes I think to myself, like, you know what, fuck this. I'm going to go get a job. <laughs> 
I want to go get a job so that it's somebody else's responsibility to pay me what I'm worth. And then I can just define what I'm worth and I don't have to freaking battle it out every day on behalf of my own damn self. Like I can go to work in bad pants and, you know, an ugly shirt (laughs) and someone else can judge me, but I can still do my work and I'll get paid on Friday. But like, if I don't show up for myself in my own business, I'm fucked. I'm like, oh my God, (laughs) I have to show up every day as the boss and the boss always has to be on par. You know what I mean? So there's a luxury, by the way, guys, even if you are an entrepreneur, there's a luxury to having a job and creating that stability and putting your time and effort in. Make sure that it's something that you're passionate about and that feeds another need inside of you too. There's no, there ain't no shame in your game, boy, get your paper. That's what I'm saying. Like go out there and get your money and, and feel really proud about what you're doing because building your dream takes resources, time, money, energy, passion, purpose, like all of these different things is, is what it requires to be profitable. And fuck, it's hard to do that every day, every single day by yourself. So I don't think there's any shame whatsoever in having a job and really creating sustainability. And when you have the really great month that makes you feel like you can quit everything and that you're on your way to being the next Bill Gates, like amazing extract the information and metrics necessary to see like what happened in that month that made it possible for you to hit those milestones and do more of that. Do it again. Yeah. Do it again and do it again and do it again until you break it and then figure out what broke it and then fix it. So (laughs) and that's a good point is having those measurables because not everyone always can have the metrics to say, well, what worked and what didn't work. And if you do so many different things, you may not know which one actually worked. So having really measured tasks and measured goals, then you have that opportunity to really look back in hindsight and say, well, that worked or that certainly didn't and understand, okay, let's spend more time doing the stuff that does work. Totally. I follow along with a man, Roger James Hamilton, and he wrote a book called The Millionaire Master Plan. And he uses like 5,000 years of the I Ching and Eastern philosophy paired with modern day business ownership and has created these entrepreneurial profiles to sort of say like, okay, this is your strength. This is the role in your business that you should be doing. So I've been following this and there's an aspect of my personality, certainly my husband, who's like a total creator. He just creates and creates and creates all the time. And if we have a problem, he creates something else that doesn't have a problem yet. And my mentor told me, Hey, we sat down and I was like, I'm over here frustrated. Cause like, you know, whatever role I'm playing in my company and James is feeling like I've done all the right things. What's the problem here? And my mentor just listened to us. And he's also in partnership with his wife. And he just looked at us and he was just like, you know, Sometimes as creators, we create new problems just so we don't have to face whatever's happening in our existing problems. And you just create your way into more shit while you're supposed to be dealing with the shit that you already have. And me and James looked at each other and we were like, that's not us. But it totally is. It totally is us that like, and and so many other people that when they get faced with a set of challenges, they don't have the metrics to measure or extract, you know, how or why or who or, you know, whatever is responsible for creating the current situation. You're just like, okay, fuck that. We'll just do something new instead. And that seems easier because it's a blank slate when in fact, like the problems follow the creator who's creating them. Right. So that's, it was just a funny story. And I laugh even still now remembering it because every day there's a new challenge and my husband and I will sit down, you know, we'll be having our, having our coffee and be talking about, all right, like, how are we going to fix this one today? And he's like, you know, he'll just try and create something new. And I'm like, no, (laughs) we're not creating more. (laughs) We're getting metrics on why we have the current. Creators are futurists and they're always forward. You know, they're, they're not looking back. They're not, they have no interest. They just, it's on to the next thing. Yeah. Creators are definitely forward thinkers. So funny. Where can people find you if they want to check out your guys' products? Our online home, they are welcome to come visit us there, is terragoldplus.com. All social media channels. We do Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest at terragoldplus. So you can find us. It's pretty easy to find us. 
Okay, amazing. And for those of you guys who are tuning in, all of our social handles and all of the website information for Terra Gold Plus will be posted right here inside of the blog, along with the show notes and the highlights from today's interviews. Guys, thank you so much for your time, for your insight, and for sharing your story here with us. Super incredible. Um, any last words from either one or both before we end today's episode? Maybe some good words. You know, we, I think we really just love this industry. We love the people within it and supporting the larger community. I think, you know, hearing from people and hearing their stories of success or their needs is really fun to us. It's because it really pushes us forward to help bring more products to them or tweaking ourselves to do better. So it's, it's really been a fun journey. Love that. Yeah, and I would just say, you know, not giving up. Put your head down and keep going. You can do it. Anybody can do it in this business. It's a great industry. It is growing and it's going to blow up. Yay. Love that. Well, thank you guys again so much for sharing your guys' story. It's incredible. Can't wait to share it with our community. And for those of you guys who are listening, thank you so much for being a part of this growing community with the Hemp Revolution podcast. It is our mission, in fact, to bring you guys the stories and share the journeys of the entrepreneurs and the people who are pushing this incredible movement forward. It is our mission here at the Hemp Revolution podcast to share the truth about cannabis, hemp CBD, and all of the transformations that are possible while you're building a business and transforming the way that you feel and function totally naturally every single day. I'm your host with the most, Sonia Gomez, and this is The Hemp Revolution. We'll see you on our next show, guys. Thanks for listening to another rock star episode of the Hemp Revolution podcast. I'm your host, Sonia Gomez. And just for you, we took notes on this episode along with the links and other resources mentioned inside of today's show. Get them for free right now by going to theemeraldcircle.com. Now, if you want more on this, please subscribe to the show on Apple Podcast or wherever you like to listen, and you will be automatically entered in to our monthly giveaway where you can get swag bags, all kinds of cool gifts and discounts from our guests and exclusive offers that are only mentioned right here in the Hemp Revolution podcast. I can't wait for you to share this with your friends. With your help, we've been able to impact millions of people's lives around the world with the truth about hemp and cannabis. And we know that you love us so much that you're going to leave a review and rate us right now on your favorite platform to absorb content just like this. Now, we challenge you to dream big and love the life that you live. Thanks so much. And we hope to see you on our next episode of the Hemp Revolution podcast. Ciao for now.